And while I'm experiencing this, Jesus appears on my right side. He puts his left hand on my shoulder, uses his right hand, and just kind of motions down to all the people. And he says to me, you know it doesn't have to be like this. I need you to tell them for me. And then it goes away. Tell them for me. A podcast brought to you by Road to Purity, where recovering sex addict Dan opens up to his son David about his journey towards healing and redemption. Whether you're battling addiction or know someone who is, this podcast offers a beacon of hope and a reminder that you're not alone in this fight. Tune in and let's navigate this journey together. So I continued doing what I thought I could do, praying, praying, asking for guidance and so forth. Started putting together some small pamphlets and things because up until that point, my experience in the confessional was basically, you know, three hymns and our father. And that, that's kind of what you get. And, and, and I know now that, that while that, that satisfies the sacrament, that's not going to help keep the guy from coming back. Mm. But in general, priests aren't trained with what to do with this. So I started creating some pamphlets to have priests to use in the confessional. Um, that was the very beginning of, of Road to Purity. Um, I just founded this organization then and just kind of did it part-time. Um, and I myself went back to school, um, became a certified addiction counselor, figuring I need I need to know a little more about counseling because I'm feeling like I need to do something. I need to know what. Yeah, but counseling maybe is it. Um, ended up in writing another, a second book called 40 Days to Freedom that was more, you know, the one addict to another is my story, but 40 Days to Freedom is give a little direction on how to go about doing this. Since I had a lot of experience and gone through counseling and gone through healing and whatnot, a fair amount myself, I, I was calling you to share something. So I started writing that. Um, and kind of a, an interesting side note, if you will, for anybody that hears this that is not already Catholic or, or even Christian for that matter. In writing this book, my intent for the 40 Days of Freedom was to write it for anybody. I wanted it to be for a secular population. Anybody, they didn't have to believe, they didn't have to, you know, follow, you know, Jesus religion or whatever, anything like that. They wanted, they wanted to be for anybody to help guide them through recovery. In writing it, I come up with a topic and it's like, you know, there's a perfect scripture verse for this. I'll just put this one scripture in just, just to kind of make the point, you know? And, and I kept doing that, kept doing that. I finished the book and I thought, you know, I think I put more scripture verses in here than I really intended to. What did I really put in here? And I did a search. There was something like 120 or 130 different scripture verses in the book. And I sat and go, you know, you can't do this without Christ, mm. period. You just can't do it. And that's what I resolved to, to say. And I put that book out and I released the book and did, you know, same thing, self-published or whatever. Um, has a whole work thing in it, a workbook in it and whatnot. But I, I'm still feeling like I need to do more and I don't know what. Um, and I'm thinking, well, I got two books out. Maybe, maybe I'm done. 
maybe uh, you know do something and and try to still find a, a you know you know do regular work I'm, I'm, during all this time i'm doing this part-time and i'm working different odd part-time jobs and whatnot um and for whatever reason i really couldn't find that i was able to you know find a good job for some reason now not realizing that my book was out it was in public and it had been in blogs and things like that so you google my name my name's all over the place with being a sex addict mm. didn't really know that at the point at that point but anyway so i'm just going along doing little things trying to you know work and one morning i want to say this is probably about six years ago one morning probably two or three o'clock in the morning um i'm laying in bed sort of half awake half asleep um whatever whatever they call that twilight or something like that i just not really know and this image comes before uh before me i'm just a picture and i see myself standing at the side of a canyon infinitely bigger than the grand canyon and down inside of it seems like virtually all of humanity they're just packed in there like sardines way down in there and they're all engulfed in some type of sexual sin it's like there's like this sort of green cloud mist just sifting through everybody and it's like this sin and and whether you know it's a, a, a you know pornography or adultery or homosexuality or anything it just it's all down there and everybody is in there and they're packed in like sardines like they can hardly move but i'm standing there and i'm feeling this i'm feeling what they're feeling and there's this profound sense of emptiness and aloneness and abandonment um and even though they're packed in they feel like everyone down there feel like they're alone and i'm just sitting there experiencing this <coughs> And while I'm experiencing this, Jesus appears on my right side. He puts his left hand on my shoulder, uses his right hand, and just kind of motions down to all the people. And he says to me, you know it doesn't have to be like this. I need you to tell them for me. And then it goes away. At that point, I'm awake. <laughs> Again, I go to the bathroom and I cried for what seemed like an hour. It's like, I don't, I feel the overwhelming pain and abandonment of all these people and Jesus telling me, it doesn't have to be this way, I need you to tell them. And it's like, what am I supposed to do with this? How do I do this? And um, it's just all, all I'm doing. And as I'm, as I'm growing and as I'm continuing to work, everything I do, I, I think of an idea of, for the ministry and I stop and I ask Jesus, is this telling them? Mm -hmm. And I use that as kind of my, my pointer or my goal of, am I doing the right thing um, for this? Meanwhile, as I'm going, there's, you know, a little bit of money. I'm, I'm even putting some of the money in to Road to Purity growing and we get... You know, a small handful of people who are who are uh, supporting it. You know, maybe four or five hundred dollars a month and something like that is is it, and, and it base it barely pays for, 
you know, some of the costs to do mailings and stuff. And um, I'm not taking any income out of it, you know, because there isn't any to do at that point. Um, and then one of the things that was asked of me to do is there's this Catholic psychotherapy conference that was coming up that, you know, I had several people tell, oh, you should do this. You need to do this. What? And it's like, wow, it came up like three or four people within a couple of days told me I needed to do this. And I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe that's a sign I need to do this. I'm looking into it. And this conference is going to be probably three or $4,000 to do between airfare and hotel and the conference expenses and everything else. And I'm thinking, well, I've got like $500 in a company bank account. I don't have the money to do this. Well, strangely enough, I went to uh, Mass one morning, and on the way home, I'm listening to EWTN, and I hear a story from uh, Mother Angelica, for anybody that knows who she is, uh, tell a story about her, and uh, where she was supposed to start off another leg of her ministry of EW10 or whatever, and she ordered this, you know, $600,000 satellite dish and something didn't have the money and it suddenly showed up. And, it, you know, there's a whole story there. You can Google it and find it. Um, but I was inspired by that story thinking, wow, well, if God wants me to do something, he'll take care of it, I guess. <laughs> so I got home. I started looking at things, looking at all the expenses and, and whatnot. So, well, I can sign I can register for the hotel I can sign up for the conference and the only thing I've got to pay for is the plane ticket well the plane ticket was like 350 bucks I had the money to pay for that and then between everything else the car around the hotel and everything else I, I just well I'll just it's coming up in about three weeks I just if I'm if you want me to go I guess you're gonna have to bring me the money I think this was like on a Tuesday and by Friday I had nearly four thousand dollars of unexpected grants and donations Came from nowhere. Just the money just showed up. And it took care of it. And there were some phenomenal things I learned at that conference, which is why the, yeah, I was supposed to be there in the ministry now. Um, and at this, now, shortly after that, I'm still moving on. We get this you know, minimal amount every month. And I'm feeling a stronger and stronger call from, from God that wants me to do this full time. Because there's so many things to me need to be done. There's so much more that has to be done. He wants me to do this full time. And I'm thinking, I can't do this. There's no money here to do this full time. Um, and I ended up in looking for church jobs and so forth and, and whatnot. And, and, you know, can't get even get into those and so forth. And I end up in talking to uh, another priest um, who... <clears throat> I was out of work at the time, brought me on as a volunteer to be a chief of staff of his postulate and the parish. And I was there for probably a little over a month helping him and looking. They were, he was, you know, saying he was going to bring me on and have me hire me full time and so forth. So, okay, we got, I got a goal here. And then out of the blue, he comes to me and says, I can't hire you. Our archbishop won't let me because of your Google search association. And like I just mentioned, you know, a minute ago that you Google my name and there's pages and pages of my name with my articles and books that I've written and this kind of stuff being a recovering sex addict. And he said, because of what comes up in your Google search, he said, in the climate of the church, we can't 
hire you. We can't have a self-proclaimed sex addict on staff at the church and know it. He said the media would crucify us and it would it would void our insurance, our liability insurance. Mm-hmm. We can't do this. The archbishop said no. Well, I'm I'm mad at that point. I'm I'm upset. I want I'm you know I'm thinking Jesus. I wrote this book. I did all this stuff for you, and now I can't get a job. Because there's numerous jobs I had applied to before and getting nowhere and not, not really realizing at the time that suddenly uh, some, some figure like 80-90% of, of employers will Google search your applicants and find out, well, okay, yeah, so my story was not secret anymore, so I can't get a job. So I went to adoration, sat down before Jesus. My mind, I'm going to have a come to Jesus with Jesus <laughs> and say, what are you doing to me? What is going, you know, what... And there's a longer story to this of what happened, but I, I won't go into it right now. But in a nutshell, I said, what am I supposed to, I can't do this. You know, why, why are you doing this to me? And very clearly, are you ready to follow me yet? Hmm. I know he'd been nudging me to go full time up until this. And he said, are you ready to follow me yet? And I said, I can't, I can't do this. I can't work. I, I can't make enough money. I need to support my family or at least partially support, you know, our income. And I, I'm not making any here. And then he said, if you follow my will, why do you doubt that I will take care of you? What am I supposed to say to that? How am I, I mean, I can't sit there and go, well, I doubt you. You know, I, I can't do that. After everything he's brought me through, everything that's happened, all the forgiveness I've experienced, I cannot, I, I, okay, what am I supposed to do? Okay. I said, okay, fine, I'll do it. But I said, you need to take care of stuff. That's kind of what I said to him. I just, okay, fine, I'll do it. Now, again, just like with the conference thing to come up, I said, I'll do this. Within the next 48 hours, my monthly contribution to the ministry quadrupled Mm. it went from five hundred dollars a month to two thousand dollars a month regular ongoing commitments from people just out of the blue within 48 hours after i said okay i'll do it (laughs) and i go to him and said okay i get it (laughs) and um i just go on and now it's full time and I, and I have you know enough ideas enough work enough things for three people to do but I start chipping away and doing stuff and creating other programs and we have a full recovery program that's endorsed by the church we're also using it at the seminary we have online programs um uh, we have uh, formation stuff for priests and seminary just like the thing I told you that I read the pamphlet to give to priests to give out in confessional we have programs, courses that actually will teach priests how to address this in the confessional. Um, we teach seminarians the same thing, and we work with therapists and um, doing programs for uh, for parents and, and so forth in recovery. And um, we have thousands of men in recovery over our programs, and we have online communities. And um, I mean, I look back and I said, I it blows me away what he has done with this and all he needed to do was just say okay i'll do it Mm. um and it's just it's 
I don't. I want to say it's growing out of control practically, but I mean he's got it in control. But there's, I, I can't. I'm 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 at the point to where I can't even fathom what needs to be done. The problem is getting so big and it's getting bigger. Mm. Um, but where we're going and we keep getting support and we're looking for more always. And but it's, uh, what we're doing is just kind of off the charts and what he's done, you know, with me. But he he continues to push me into a place to where I can't do this. Mm. Um, that I need to lean on him and the same thing with the recovery um, it's, it's I always say I'm a recovering sex addict because I know the, the very minute I say oh I've got this beat I'm done yeah Satan's gonna work overtime to say yeah I want to bet um, and I, I'm truly at the point to where he pushes me to need him but while I hate everything that I've done all the people that I've hurt all all the things that have happened I'm happy on one hand that it did happen because of where it's brought me in my relationship to him. Cause I didn't have a relationship with Christ before, mm. but where I am now, um, and what's, he's continued to work with me. I need him. And I want to say, I need to need him. I don't want to ever be at the point to where I got this and I don't need him anymore. That's pretty much where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. If you have any topics you'd like us to discuss in future episodes, shoot us an email at ask at roadtopurity.com. Don't forget to visit our website, roadtopurity.com, for all our free resources and affordable programs to help men and women who are looking to grow in sexual purity. We rely on donations to keep doing what we do, so if you'd like to support Road to Purity, please consider donating at roadtopurity.com forward slash donate. Thanks again for your support. God bless.